In the first parak, we learned that the reason why Hashem created the world through Dibor is in order that there should be a Yesh. In the second parak, we learned that nevertheless, Hashem created everything with a Tzura in order that there should be able to be Bittal Hayesh. Hashem wanted that we should be a Yesh and that we should be mevatel, the yesh to him. And therefore the Pasuk says, Gadol Hashem, Mikal Aleikim. That there is an advantage, a strength that Hashem has 82. over every Aleikim. Alekim is the kuf chav tzirufei shem alekim. One hundred and twenty tzimtzumim, one hundred and twenty distances, darknesses, concealments, shields, curtains that hide Hashem from us. And what are we gonna do in this darkness? The answer is, that the Ebishter pierces through all of the darkness, all of the concealment, and shows himself to us. Now when a person recognizes this, what was today's Hayyam Yem? Uh, today's Hayyam Yem was, uh, was about, um, it's slipping my mind. <laughs> You know, Musar, yeah, Chassidus, yeah, and, then and Chassidus, Chassidus, no. There was, within Chassidus, there was like three different things. Yeah, what's the Veda of Chassidus? Hagbaras, Hatsura, Al Hachaymer. Our Aveda is to remember that we have Hatsura, that we have a connection to Avishter wherever, however we are, and to connect to that. And not get pulled down, not get weighed down by the Chaymer. And when a person contemplates that, let's read inside. When a person contemplates on this, he contemplates how there is a strength, an identity of Abishter. Our identity is Eibishter, our identity is Artsura, not our Chaymer. Our Chaymer is just our building blocks. But who are we? We're Artsura. And when we recognize that we are Artsura, we are Artsalam Aleikim, we are our Neshama, our Chelek Mamish, that's our essence, that's our reality, that's our truth. When we reflect on that, Azai Tichle V'Tichsef Nafshay, Libatal then that will cause that our nefesh will yearn and expire to become completely bottled to Hashem. I'm going to say, why would I want the transient, insignificant gashmias of this world, the chaymer? I want to connect to what's real, what's true, what's essential. To the point, add... It's going to bring a person to want to completely divest himself 
of all pleasures of this world, he's going to be repelled by the pleasures of this world, and turn over his heart completely, only to Hashem, to connect only to Hashem. That's what he's going to want. Why? Because he's going to recognize and feel the Torah. He's going to want what's real and not what's fake. He's going to want to connect to the Tzurah, not the Chaymer. As it says in the Passover, I don't want anything, not Bashamayim, not Ba'aretz, not in Ruchnis, not in Gashmis, not Chinese, not Japanese, not sushi, not pizza. All I want is Abishter. Even Beruchnius, Ganeiden, the higher levels of spirituality, they don't interest me because all of that ultimately is Chaymer. As we said in the first class, that even amongst the Malachim, there's also waste, there's also heaviness. Why do I need to connect to the heaviness? I want to connect to what's real. When a person recognizes that there's an essential truth, he wants that that essential truth should be his. And in the Zayar it says, this is a powerful statement from the Zayar that you must remember. Someone who does not taste from the bitter sweet. And he does not turn over from the darkness to light. He has no portion here. So the Mimer says, It's necessary for us to change over our taste from that which is bitter to that which is sweet. Imagine you discover that you're eating fake food. Huh? Imagine you find out that the food you're eating is fake. What is, what's that supposed to mean? Let's say you find out that your potato chips are manufactured. But they are. Right. So then that probably disgusts you and you don't want to open up a bag of potato chips anymore. I mean, I've, I've, I've went to a place there, where potato chips are made once. I know. And you see how they take potatoes yeah. and they completely destroy them. They and they're completely the gone. <laughs> and then they take chemicals <laughs> and they make them into potato chips. They take plastic. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say you find out that the food you're eating is fake. You're not going to want that fakeness anymore. When you reflect on the chaymer and the tzura, you don't want the fakeness of the chaymer. You want the truth and reality of the, of the, of the tzura. When a person reflects on how the taivis Eilam Haza, that you're connecting to, what are you connecting to? You're connecting to an illusion. You're connecting to something fake. So that's what you're going to want. That's what you're going to chase. You have these people. They chase nonsense their whole lives. Someone was telling me just before about a 
what young girls have to go through to become gymnasts. What do they do? They get trained by these coaches that they abuse them. For what? So that they should be the best gymnast. And when they're the best gymnast, then what? What do they do with that? What do they have for the rest of their lives except constant trauma from being abused as children and a medal or a statue on their mantle that they were the best gymnast? If they want. If they want, exactly. If most of them don't. What? It makes them feel accomplished. And how many of them are destroyed in the process? Apparently a lot. So there's this false sense of accomplishment. An accomplishment which isn't real, which doesn't do anything. For what? And what do we do with our lives? We chase after being the top ten tiers of the Forbes top ten list. So that we should have 13 kajillion dollars. Kajillion? Kajillions. <laughs> then every single second we're earning another ten billion. Yes, and what do we do with it? You can't even spend so much money in a lifetime. And what have we accomplished? So the reflections of Chaymer and Surah are reflections which help us become repelled by. What, what happens to a person who starts eating healthy and exercising? Not in an unhealthy way, in a healthy way, in a proper way. What happens to him? He, he, he's disgusted by the junk food. That, those potato chips, which are manufactured and made out of plastic, he's disgusted by them. He tastes them. He pushes, doesn't like it anymore. Literally, it's not a joke. No, it's not. When you eat healthy, then the sugary things, the fried things, the, 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 the MSGs, they start tasting disgusting. It's not debatable. It's a fact. It's true. It starts tasting disgusting. You feel good when you go for a jog around the block. It makes you feel alive. It makes you feel energized. That's to'im miriru lemiska. You're able to turn over your taste. From bitterness to sweet. You're able to do that in Yiddishkeit too. Yehuda, just like you could do it in health, you could do it in Yiddishkeit. Uh. Shalom Ber, you could start getting geschmack out of davening. You do. How? You could start getting a geschmack out of davening. How? Through reflecting on chassidus. Through thinking. When you reflect on chassidus, this helps you achieve the first step in the zayar. The, the Zayar says, The Zayar says, without doing this, you don't accomplish anything in this world and you have no entrance to the world to come. Could you imagine a person running around in circles his whole life, accumulating more pizza boxes? He has the most empty pizza boxes in the whole entire world. 
He's achieved the most MTG pizza boxes. He's eaten the most pizza, more pizza than anyone else. And then he gets up to Ganeiden and they say, No, what are you entering with? What, what? He says, Look at all these pizza boxes I have. That's how he got up there. You're stacking. Oh. <laughs> he's he's standing on all the boxes. Now. Oh. So, 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 yes, if you eat enough pizza, it definitely will send you to Gan Eden. Um, <laughs> to turn over the taste of bitterness to sweet. That you stink. What am I doing here? What am I achieving over here? I want to be able to have something higher, something real, something lasting, something that does give me entrance, so to speak, into Gan Eden, but much more than Gan Eden, because ich will nur dich allein, but this helps us transform our taste from bitter, from the taiva seilam haza, lemiska to sweet. Umiriru hain taiva seilam haza, bitter is the taiva seilam haza, vitanugim, and the pleasures, shemushpoam mehechala klipais, so, of course, when we eat them, they taste good. Just like when we eat junk food, it tastes good. But ultimately, the junk food is disgusting. And you can bring yourself to a state where you're going to feel that disgustingness. There's nothing that exists below that doesn't come from above. All the pleasures of this world, even a simple thing, which it speaks about because that's when we read the Parsha of Yosef, that Yosef and how he was misalsal besarei. How he he would comb his hair. How afilu hamesalsul besari. Even someone who combs his hair, he ne hachayes ahu nimshach meichalis atuma. The chayes of this comes from the chambers of tuma. Vilchein nenas Yosef b'shipte beis asurim yud beishan al shayim salsul besari kedisu begemar. That's why the Gemara teaches us that Yosef sat for twelve years in jail for being mesalsul besari. Like we read also in this week's parsha, similar terms. What happened? He was busy combing his hair, and then Aishas Paitifar noticed him. And what did she do when she noticed him? Basically, you know the end of the story, she landed him in jail. You have to turn over your heart that you should teach, taste literally lemiska. You have to stop allowing yourself to be pulled into these taivas. Why does that which is really good taste bad at the beginning and it's bad taste good at the beginning? Chassidim say that the difference between an Avera and a hot mikvah is that an Aveira, I'm sorry, a hot mikvah, what happens? You go in, it's ooh, ooh, it's like hot, ooh, it's hot. And then you go in and ah. An Aveira starts off as ah, and it ends off as ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> the, the Aveira is something which is supposed to attract us on our superficial level. 
We're supposed to be created in this world a yesh. And as a yesh, we're attracted to yeshus. That's what the Aver is. The Aver is a manifestation and an expression of yeshus. And when we connect to the yeshus on this level, then that's how we're expressing ourselves. That's what we are being. We're connecting to yeshus and it feels good. It's easy. It's kishmak. It's building my yeshus. But ultimately, it's not healthy. Healthy is to lift myself up, to exercise, to be healthy, to 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 be more pure and more clean. And that takes more work. The healthy food is always more expensive. It always is more time consuming. And ultimately, it's always more beneficial. Remendel Futterfass was in Siberia. And uh, in Siberia, they had him chopping down trees. How did he chop down trees? So they had these big saws. Remendel Futterfass was on one side of the saw. And there's somebody else on the other side of the saw. And they pull back and pull, push forward and pull back and push forward. Chopping down trees after trees after trees. Years. For a long period of time, Remendel Futterfass had as his chavrisa a yid. A yiddish person who happened to find himself in jail, not religious. Of course, Remendel Futterfass used the time to fairbang with him, to talk to him about Yiddishkeit, about Torah and Mitzvahs, about Ebishter. And he gave over to him a lot of chayas, a lot of gishmak. The time came when they told him that he has to move on. His station is changing. And he turned to Mendel and he said, I was so inspired by you over this past period. And I want to take something with me. I can't start being Shemitar and Mitzvah. not here, not now, not in Siberia. Tell me what I can do. Mendel turned to him and he said, listen. To tell you to stop, start keeping kosher, I can't tell you to start keeping kosher. It's going to be too difficult for you. To tell you not to eat the treif meat that they serve, you're going to have to hold yourself back from half of your meal. But one thing I'm going to ask of you. When you're eating the chazer flesh, Don't suck the marrow out of the bone. That was Mendel's message to him. If we're going to be in Eilam Haza, we're going to experience Eilam Haza. We don't have to suck the marrow out. We don't have to get our tainug, our pleasure, our geschmack out of Eilam Haza. There are some restaurants, you go in, you put on a bib. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. You want to eat, eat! Don't put on a bib. Don't say, Hinni to eat a steak. 
Don't throw yourself into it. Kol kulay. The Rebbe spoke about the Dover Acher. The Rebbe said, what is the Dover Acher? It's a creature that it lives in the mud and it loves mud and it rolls in mud and it soaks itself in mud and it has only one desire in life because it has mud up to its nose. You can't put the mud over its nose or it won't be able to breathe. And its only desire in life is, I wish that I could have the mud a little bit higher. That's the way that we throw ourselves into the world sometimes. We have to know that we hold ourselves back just a little bit. We're accomplishing this first step of the Zaya. We're recognizing the bitterness, the sharpness, the harshness of the taste of Eilam Haza. There was a certain chassid of the Alter Rabbi, I think. And he would say, Before I became a chassid, I used to have 20 machshavah zaris a day. After I became a chassid, I only have 19 machshavah zaris a day. Foreign thoughts. And he says, and you think that that's not a big deal? You have no idea how much Nachas Ruach has accomplished the Maila from that one Machshavazar that I hold myself back from. A little bit of Iskafia, a little bit of Toyimiriru Lemiska could accomplish a world. Don't suck the marrow out of Elamaza. Don't throw yourself into it. You have to live with it, live with it. You have to eat pizza for supper, eat pizza for supper. Aber nicht mit Not with a geschmack, not with a, a, a throwing yourself into the mud and wishing that it was covering your nose also. Let's read inside. You have to turn over your heart to taste literally sweet. As it says in the Pasuk, Taste and you will see that Hashem is good. All you have to do is taste. There was a mashpia who would say that if you taste a geshmak davening, you'll never want any more tivis. You'll never want ice cream again. You'll never want anything again because the geshmak of a geshmak davening is more geshmak than all the tivis in the world. Oz tisanig alavaya. Your oinik comes from the eivishter. The chayvis alvavis already says. There is no room in your heart to contain Avas Oilam and Avas Hashem at the same time. There isn't a room in your heart to contain both. If you have a love for the world, then you don't have a love for the Eivishter. You can't have both. There's no room. And this was the idea of the Karbanis. That you're turning over the chaylev, the fat, the geshmak of the nefesh behema, and you're putting it in the ash, on the fire, on the mizbeach. 
אשר תאכל על המזבח, that it's eaten on the מזבח, ליוס אישי ריח ניחויח להשם, that it should be a fire, a pleasant נחס for השם, וכמי כן תהיה התפילה, and that's what our davening is about. When we daven, our davening is במקום קרבנס. That what is supposed to happen by davening, our chaylev, our fat, our gishmak and ilamaza, is supposed to get swallowed up in the flame. It's supposed to fuel the flame of avas Hashem. Shehi b'makam ar karbanis, because this is in the place of karbanis, lahaliv nafshay, to excite your nefesh. Your, your davening has to be with emotion, with feeling. To excite your nefesh, to derive your pleasure from Hashem. That's the first step. Then there's step two. What's step two? What's step two? No, no. Step one is turning over the bitterness to sweet. What's step two? Uh, not enjoying the chazer. Turning the, the, sweet the, the dark into light. Uh-huh. <laughs> that the darkness of this world, the physical darkness of this world, the darkness of this world, that shows itself, that appears as a physical thing, as a self-separate thing, should be turned over to light, that there should be in it a a revelation of the Ebishter's light in Seif Baruch that the yes should become battle to him. Which we spoke about earlier in the Maimer. That the ultimate objective, which is going to happen when Mashiach comes, when I am by in Yeru, is that there should be Gilui Alekus. You should be able to see godliness here. That here in this world, in this world of Yesh, we should be able to experience godliness in its full essence. And that's the idea of darkness turning over into light. But what happens over here? So the Mimer says it's two steps. Through accomplishing the first step of turning over the bitterness into sweet. That's what we're accomplishing from below to above. One less a day. One less French fry. One less piece of geschmack. One more piece of escafia, one little bit of aveda from below, one more concentration in davening, in making sure that I'm davening with kavana, one more chesed for my friend, even where I'm not up to it. One more act here in this world of escafia, that is and through doing that, to turn over your heart and the tivus of this world, to cleave to Hashem, in a yearning and in a thirst, that will cause that the Ar Hashem will shine from above to below. So the first step, turning over the bitterness into sweet, is from below to above. And when I accomplish that first step from below to above, then Hashem in response causes that from above to below, the darkness is turned over into light. Why? Because if I'm making myself a clea, 
that I'm saying I want the tsura, not the chaymer, then the Abishter fills that surah, that the tsura is shining, that the tsura is in, is illuminating, that the tsura is light and able to reach all corners of the world. <speaking in Hebrew> that the world should not conceal the light of Hashem and His holiness. And now we get to the point which is going to direct this mimer um, from here on to the end of the mimer. It says in the Pasuk, Ner mitzvah, a candle is a mitzvah, and Torah is light. Now seemingly it should say Torah before mitzvah, because Torah is the source of mitzvahs. Why does the Pasuk say first mitzvah and then Torah? So the Maimer explains, Ner mitzvah What is a mitzvah? A mitzvah is... You're taking your money, your hard-earned money, that you could use this hard-earned money to buy yourself a new pair of iPod Pros. What? AirPods. And instead of using it to buy a new pair of AirPods, you're using it to buy a lulav and an asterisk. <laughs> what are you going to do with this lulav and asterisk? You're going to shake it. <laughs> At very base, best, you're going to get it's a little bit of jealousy from the person next to you in shul. Yeah. So well, what, what are you accomplishing? This is ta'im, of course. This is ta'im miriru lemiska. This is tasting from the bittersweet, focusing on what's important. Every single mitzvah that we do is the avayda of ta'im miriru lemiska, of transforming the bitter to sweet, of focusing on what's important. What happens next? What's step two? Torah are. We're not talking about studying Torah. We're talking about the light of Torah, the illumination of Torah. Torah are. What's that? The R of Torah turns over the chayshech. It turns over the darkness. Through the level of Ner Mitzvah, that brings our Torah through the Mata Lamaila of Tamir Lamiska, that brings the Maila Lamata of that's on the level that we're at now as we continue to examine this idea we're going to reach a much deeper level of understanding the Ner Mitzvah and that's going to bring us to a very powerful and amazing lesson about the essence of Chanukah